0: old as a little pump. Alright, let's quickly find this out. Oh, no. He's like 19. He's 18. No. No. <laughs> Truly? He's May, August 17th, 2000. Wow. Yikes. He's arrested in February for discharging a weapon in an inhabited. <sighs> Shit, Lil Pump. Arrested in August for driving without a license in Miami. Yeah, because he just got his license. He doesn't have a wallet for it yet. Because he's yeah. like, fucking, let's get all the littles together. Lil Yachty, Lil Uzi Vert, Lil Zan, Lil Pump. I mean, Lil Yachty's 21. Lil Uzi Vert's 24. How does any make me feel that old? I've always, that's their whole thing is that like mumble rappers are like super young that's how it came up how they came up okay you ready to clap because we didn't clap yet huh did you clap you are you ready to clap i'm ready to clap yeah
1: at 30 yeah baby it was the dawn of the third age of mankind 10 years
0: after the earth minbari war the babylon project was a dream given form it's goal to prevent another war by creating a place where humans
1: and aliens could work out their differences peacefully. It's a port of call, home away from home, for diplomats, hustlers, entrepreneurs, and wanderers. Humans and aliens wrapped in 2,500,000 tons of spinning metal, all alone in the night. It can be a dangerous place, but it's our last best hope for peace. This is the story of the last of the Babylon stations.
0: The year is 2258. The name of the place is
1: Babylon 5.
0: Hello and welcome to Chats, a television podcast, season 6, Chatsalon 5. My name is Alan, and I'm joined by a man of infinite promise and goodness. It's Magellan.
1: You're, You're beautiful. Wow.
0: Thanks. I guess and you're all, all right. And
1: all of you listening out there in, in podcast land, you're beautiful too.
0: Extremely. Like, honestly, like, damn. Um, this is a Babylon 5 podcast where me and my best friend Magellan watch Babylon 5. Oh, yeah. Two episodes a week. It's oh, yeah. great. And in fact, this week we watched season one, episode 15, Grail, as well as season one, episode 16, Eyes. First, we're gonna talk about Grail, which was written by Christy Marks, directed by Richard Compton, and it aired July sixth, nineteen ninety-four, and it takes place in July of twenty two fifty eight. And John, what happened in Grail?
1: First of all, you're alive now.
0: Oh yeah, I'm 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 finally conscious. Yeah. Yeah, you've
1: you've been born by the time this these episodes. Congratulations, to me. Cool. Um, in this episode, a man comes to Babylon 5 asking the alien ambassadors for information that can help him with his quest to find the Holy Grail. A down below gangster gives security problems by mind wiping all who oppose him. Hmm. Hmm. Alan, what did you think of Grail? Nope. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sir, pass. I have declined to respond. <laughs> Yeah, pass.
0: Exactly right. Uh, Dude, come on, Babylon 5, you can do better than this. You can do better than this. Uh I found uh some reviews. I know we always do this with shows and we always forget that they exist, but uh the A- the AV Club reviewed uh Babylon 5. Um and I found oh, their oh, up, yeah. their reviews of they actually they pair them up also, but they pair them up differently. So they paired up uh uh what was the last episode called? TKO with Grail? Oh boy. And they were like, oh, yeah, this is the roughest week of the whole show. We did it, guys. Oh,
1: boy. Yep.
0: The thing about Grail is a couple things. One, uh, the whole, like, Jinxo and the, like, old wizard guy, Harry Potter, British man plot, mm-hmm. like, for it doesn't even feel like sci-fi. It's like, I'm here to find the holy grail. And my sort of moral thing is about getting this guy to accept that he can be a hero and, like, I'm yeah. gonna teach him that he doesn't have to be uh be like, like he doesn't have to be his nickname forever. Yeah. Um and like live his own life and have all this stuff. And like that's fine, but not on this show. I don't really care about right. any of this. Uh the only like tiny morsel of cool sci-fi stuff that I found was um the fake kosh that the villain of the episode yeah. brings in. This idea that if you didn't know When you're watching the episode, you're thinking, oh, my God, Kosh is, like, sucking brains out of people in the down below and, like, needs brains, and this, like, evil southern guy is feeding him brains. That's crazy. Like, we're finally learning about Kosh. Right. And then it's not, like, 30 minutes into the episode before they're like, hey, is that Kosh? And then they're like, no, it's just, like, a nasty N64 cutscene that we put inside of Kosh's costume. (laughs)
1: Right. And the, the cool thing is that when Sinclair tells Kosh about it, and he's like, hey, people are posing as you. Kosh goes, why? And Sikora's like, to scare people. And Kosh is like, good. <laughs> that's way scarier than if it was actually him.
0: Right. He's yeah. scarier than any possible impersonation. Um, good.
1: Good. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even pick
0: up on it. I felt kind of dumb. But when uh, the demon thing talks, it's like, I need more brains. It like, has a high, high-pitched voice. And I'm like, wait, why? I guess I guess Kosh has a high pitched voice sometimes. That's weird, I guess. But who cares? Yeah. And then later in the episode, I'm like, no, 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 no. Um, yeah, there really isn't again just not a lot to grasp here's, for. Here's I mean, my
1: thing, man. Hit me with your thing, brother. We wa you know, we watch so many of these shows that start with this period of like monster a week, plot a week thing, yeah. which. You know, partially that's just, you're doing, when you're doing this kind of show, because things are written by different people, there ha- in order for everything to get done, you have to have episodes that don't necessarily connect to other ones explicitly. But, like, why is the central emotional arc of the episode shared between two characters who are only on this episode (laughs) and no others. It doesn't make any fucking sense to me from a storytelling perspective that you're going to introduce... For a show that's about its
0: characters. Yeah,
1: that you're going to introduce like this guy who's like a traveling monk Templar dude Uh who's like perfectly calm and respectable and this like... Totally paper thin, scared of the mafia criminal guy who you know is going to turn it around by the end. And they want us at the end of the episode when the guy's like, no, my name is is Robert or <laughs> James or whatever he said. They want that to be a moment of, oh, my God. Thomas, by the way. Thomas, yeah. <laughs> it's oh, my such God. such a bad, like, cool name, yeah. And that's like cut to black, episode over. No! No, you didn't make me feel any emotions because (laughs) you constructed two stereotypes for me to watch for 45 minutes instead of the characters that I come to this show to watch.
0: Right. I know like we whenever I comment like, oh, this episode didn't have a lot of the doctor, or this episode didn't have a lot of Dylan. I always have uh we get emails of people being like, Oh, you know, the reason this one doesn't have them is because they're not important to this plot line or like we didn't need to see sure. them this week and sure. But like don't replace that episode time with like Aldis guy itch and Jinxo. Right. Like <laughs> the with unlucky nobody. nerd.
1: Nobody's in it.
0: Yeah, basically. It's it's all about these characters who I just I just don't care about. Like Jinxo and I think this is a combination of bad acting and bad directing is very unbelievable as this like scared schleppy, like
1: I dork. Think the guy. casting was just off. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The guy who plays Aldis, um, just not appropriate for a sci-fi show. Is like very it honestly, and maybe it's because I've been listening to a lot of the Shrieking Shack, but like is so Harry Potter with yeah. his like way that he speaks and he's holding what looks like a broom, but it's really a st- like a, a stick, like a cane. And his British accent, and his name is Aldis That's weird. and it's like why what uh, what who what were you thinking <laughs> like you okay thinking?
1: I think here's the thing is that if you're doing a a show like this where you're telling a long story oh. um where it's a a serial show instead of an episodic show yeah or instead of a whatever you'd call that like an anthology or something mm-hmm I think it is okay to do an episode that's about two side characters if their story is illustrative of some major event or theme of the world. Right. Like if you do you know, like I'm sure that Battlestar Galactica had an episode, the new series had an episode about like somebody who worked on one of the ships to get a to give you a sense of On the ground level, how do people feel about the Cylons? Or, oh, there's some intrigue or some unrest. And in that case, it is helpful to have that perspective to later better understand our characters. But this guy is searching for the Holy Grail, which is not something that's ever going to come back again. Hmm. That's never going to matter anymore. He also doesn't find it. (laughs) He doesn't find it. And... Like, I don't know if we're supposed to believe it exists or what. And sure, it provokes an... The one part of it that I appreciated is that it provokes an interesting, like, one-minute discussion between Delenn and Sinclair. Mm -hmm. Where Sinclair's like, this guy. This guy's full of shit. He's just looking for something that doesn't exist. And Delenn's like, no, that's cool. That's good. Yeah. He cares so much about making his society better that he's willing to pursue something that might not even be real. He's devoting his whole life to this mission. That's, that's an, that's an interesting interaction between Delenn and Sinclair because it helps you to illustrate the Mimbari human differences, but it is not worth this nonsense plot about nothing that matters to no one. (laughs) Um,
0: Do you want to know something kind of interesting about the credits of this episode? Yeah. So it was written by Christy Marks. And when I was looking at the Lurker's Guide, they were like, yes, that is that Christy Marks. And I'm like, wait, where have I heard that name before? Uh, Christy Marks, actually a pretty prolific writer on a lot of things in the 80s and 90s. Most notably, uh, like G.I. Joe, Gem of the Holograms. She did an episode of TMNT, Mm -hmm. uh, Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. Um, and she wrote a part of, uh, the, what's that video game? Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2. Okay. So she wrote for like Angelica Jones and Firestar. And then relevant to our interest, she wrote an episode of X-Men Evolution. Which one? Do you remember the episode of, Evan, of X-Men Evolution where Evan, AKA Spike, gets a handheld camera and he has to like film, he like yeah. films a day in his life. That was yeah. her.
1: That's Jeez. a good one, I think.
0: Yeah, it's fine. It's the one where, like, the bad guys find the camera and then they find the Xavier Institute and it's, like, a bad yeah. time for them. Yeah. yeah. It's like a season it. one awkward episode, but it kind of shows that, like, we're going on a quest and, like, it's valuable that we go on this quest and then I don't care that, like, yo, maybe this person wrote for, like, car- corny 80s cartoons or video games. Mm-hmm. Like, and then I don't mean to just like throw the blame on the, on the single writer. Cause again, I think, I think at the, least
1: it... like the plot is fine. The way it's constructed is fine. And there are some things about it that are thought provoking, mm-hmm. but it's just in the wrong show. Mm-hmm.
0: It's very much in the wrong show. Like I, you can do this in like a fantasy show where it's just like, I have come and I am on a quest and I have, I'm trying to, and I have super, I'm this old man with magical powers. Like we've seen that trope a million times and i find this kid and he i have i like see a future in him and i want to pass on to him my powers that's cool that's kind of a cool idea mm-hmm. it's just it feels like a fantasy sh- uh, fantasy plot line glommed onto babylon 5
1: and, and it kind of does feel cartoonish mm-hmm. in a way where if you watched i don't know like kids or you know preteens or teens are not as invested in following like the show long arc of a program. And so yeah. in a show like, I don't know, like if we were watching justice league unlimited or something. Yeah. And there was an episode where a random old guy is helping a random young guy. And the last line is, no, my name's Thomas. We'd probably be like, great, great episode. That's sick. Yeah. That's awesome. Didn't you like the part where his name was Billy? It was cool.
0: Yeah. It's all context. It's all context.
1: Yeah. I think that's what it comes down to. Like a bad Babylon five episode is just, there's so many other things that we wish we were watching within the world of Babylon five instead of what you gave us.
0: Yeah. Um, weirdly though, there's like, I have a ton of stray notes on this episode. Yeah, for sure. Um, But we basically talked about the plot. Like, that's the main thing. There's this criminal, uh, Garibaldi. Like, gets really severe when he is trying to figure out where this guy, the bad guy is. The bad guy's name is Deuce. Um, And he's trying to find Deuce in the Down Below. And he's like, we should just send all the cops to the Down Below all at once. Let's just just wipe them all out. They're all bad people. And then Sinclair, again, having, like, a cool world-building moment. It's like, no, the reason we have the Down Below... And this is, like, great that they finally answered this question. Is these people you know, made some bad decisions. They ended up on Babylon five and now they don't have the money to leave. And we didn't want to kick them off. So we leave them in the down below Hmm. like, yeah. All right. Yeah. So there is a class system and that is exactly how that happens. Okay, great. Hmm. Um, But also Garibaldi literally like what last episode, two episodes ago was getting drunk and having making best friends in the down below and you know, continuity like this show aired weirdly and I get Mm -hmm. that, but it just feels like a big jump for Garibaldi to suddenly be like ultimate cop. Right. Um speaking of like courts and justice system and cops, uh it's Babylon 5 has a court. We have a guy called the Ombuds, yeah. which is cute cuz I guess it's like gender neutral cuz they're like Ombuds Magellan or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just a cool random fantasy name that I came up with, like Magellan for example. Um they have a court, and there's like <laughs> the first scene of the court is like a literal like 1950s gray space alien being like, "They, my, my, they killed my family a hundred years ago. That seems unfair, and they should be punished for it." And they're like, "We can't persecute crimes that happened this long ago." Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. It's really cool. Um, I just like them at the idea of, of of course they have a court on there. They have to.
1: Yeah, it's just one guy. who's, like, "All right, next."
0: And they th- and they try to the bad guy tries to kill him because he's like if I get rid of the judge then I can't go to jail. Nailed it. <laughs> like thinking emoji. Hold on. Um, a lot of corny stuff, and then we get to the, the introduction of why his name is Jinxo because, uh, he believes that he has a curse where, um, he took a leave of absence at every Babylon station right before it was destroyed, mm. which continues to see this like question of what the hell exactly happened on each of the first four Babylon stations yeah Uh, I'm sure we're gonna get that Um, because he's he's just like oh I went to this one and then I left and then it blew up and I went to this one and then it disappeared and I went to this one and like the structure fell apart you know yeah so I can't leave Babylon 5 but they want me to leave blah 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 Um, there's some trivia where like he leaves to go to a planet called that's like a famous ship that sunk the Marie Celeste Hmm he's like oh, i'm gonna leave here to go to marie and i'm like great good luck with that and that's a yeah like a, a craft ship from the 1800s hmm. that's called fast googling america hmm. <laughs> but yeah so there's that stuff we get little hints about the minbari warrior and religious cast.
1: because yeah, i think there it's, was that part where they were like oh the warriors wouldn't understand why we're doing this
0: yeah and then again yeah this is a good bone from the where she's talking about the two casts and i think sinclair is like it seems pre- like would they ever get a wasn't it like won't they never get along and she's like yeah that's the point if they got along we'd be ruined it's important to have distinct like opposing bodies of government and and ruling p- classes in your society hmm. which is fascinating um but you know it's one of those things that they just kind of say and i'm fine with that kind of world building where they say it and then don't do anything with it. there's nothing wrong with that yeah uh Veer and Lando have good moments this episode too. Like Lando thinks that the creature wiping people's brains is sent of Centauri origin, so he gets involved. And then he's trying to figure out what to do. And then Veer's like, "Did it? Did it? Did it? And did it? Like I did this whole plot for you this episode, Londo You can go take a
1: nap." And yep. He's like,
0: "Like Veer, dude, what do I? I need to be on the show too, you know?"
1: <laughs> well, also, yeah, Veer is like, "Oh yeah, for sure. They want. They just want to know if we have something really valuable. So we should just let them go right, so told- through all our stuff just to make sure."
0: Yeah. I can't I'm telling you, is gonna become the ruler of the Centauri and he's gonna destroy the whole society. It's yeah. gonna be so yep. good. Yep, it's gonna be great. Uh there is a lot of corny lines back and forth between Jinxo and Aldous. I hate that phrase. Jinxo and Aldous. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the you are a man of infinite promise and goodness. That was a guaranteed gonna call you that. Mm-hmm. Um see yourself for what you are, not for what others are trying to make you. Mm. Which is good because you know he doesn't define himself by his bad luck, but other people do. So now he has to. He feels like, and yeah, and then the alien comes out of the 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 Kosh suit. I guess it's not a Kosh, It's um, what's the race that Kosh is? Whatever they're, they they are, vor- It's a Vorlon like breathing apparatus. So he just is in it. That was good. That was pretty good CG. Mm, no, I mean it's it's not <laughs> like garbage. It's not like no. PS. You compare it though to the external ship shots that look yeah, like sure. three polygons. If, yeah,
1: okay. All right.
0: It, but it's it's an improvement. It's not, okay, maybe it's not good, but it's it an improvement. It was just a small
1: thing that bad. wasn't lit very well, so it looked better. It, it's going to be bad. That's the trick to CG. We don't have to find a redeeming moment of CG.
0: No, no. I, and I know it's going to be bad for the whole show. That's what we've been told, but that's just yeah. like a little bit of a step up. Uh, yeah, and then we have Thomas and Thomas, a.k.a. Jingso. Uh Ald- Aldis found what we're all looking for, I wrote in my notes, and the answer is reason for everything. Um oh and then <laughs> the episode ends with Jinxo walking out or now named Thomas and he walks out and he's in Aldous's clothes cuz Aldis dies. Mhm. And he's in his like dumb shoulder pads like night, like fantasy show getup and he's like guys, I'm out of here. My name is Thomas. <laughs> like <laughs> just nothing there. And you would think that you mentioned earlier, like, oh, and then cut to black. You would think that that's where the episode would end. No, no, no. No, there's like three more scenes. Yeah, um, yeah. One is a completely worthless scene where Londo teases Veer. And it's just literally like him making fun of him and being like, there's going to be evil chasing you. And it's like, no, don't tease my friend. Mm. Just dumb. Then you think the episode's over. And then we have a conversation where Sinclair's like, hmm, people keep telling me that like Babylon 5 is going to like explode. That seems really bad. Well,
1: Because the guy left
0: right and like that guy left and then previously we got a prophecy and like maybe it is gonna explode and then actually good end of the episode is ivanova saying no boom boom tomorrow there's always a boom tomorrow just one of the, like honestly decent line extremely well delivered by ivanova's mm-hmm. actress because it's funny it's silly it's a good stinger it works i think it works really well yeah but yeah, guys, that's that's what we got. That's
1: it. I got nothing else on this one.
0: Mm, I don't think people will be that disappointed to know that we don't have a lot to say about one of the worst episodes of the show.
1: And it wasn't like excruciating to watch. No, that's the thing: is the show is good. Yeah, it was just. It's just why I know that exactly. you have better things to do. Exactly. Yeah. Because other shows, like a bad Farscape episode, I think is bad. There are ones that are just a bad viewing experience.
0: Or like weird. Do you have like racist stereotypes or are offensive or just like, why'd they do this? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Or like when we watched Buffy before we started doing this podcast, there are episodes of Buffy that are bad. Right. That are not fun to watch. Yeah. But this is like
0: episode is fine.
1: Yeah.
0: It just, I have no, there's no meat to chew on. I want,
1: it's just empty. It's just, it's just, yeah. Yeah. There's nothing going on here.
0: We pick Babylon Five because we want this like deep philosophical sci-fi talk, it's which we've mean, gotten. You
1: know, meaty, narrative, character-driven. Give me the crunch. Give me that crunch. I want that crunch, and you've given me some of that crunch.
0: You've Give me a taste, and now I want a whole snack of.
1: Yeah, but alas, not this Golly episode. Gee.
0: Uh, tell you what, John. Let's read some emails, and then we'll talk about a better episode.
1: Heck yeah, let's do it.
0: Our first email is from our friend Dax, uh, who in the subject line says, Hey, I have no explanation for the huge font. I updated iOS and everything went to heck. Uh, It's fine. It makes it very easy for me to read on my phone, actually. (laughs) So thanks, bud. Greetings, Alan and Magellan. I'm hoping you were able to get through the awful TKO without too much annoyance. Hmm. It's pretty much one of the worst episodes, and I'm sorry you had to go through it. Wow, thank you. Uh, I got a bunch of my segments done this weekend and I had time to rewatch one through eight and make notes on them. Hmm. Uh, he also discovered though, that his infection and, and the sky full of stars episodes are corrupted on his DVDs. Uh-huh. So he's worrying that that might be like something that happens in that part of the season for every season that he owns. Oh, uh-huh. cause he's That's they're like, like old DVDs, but you know, I would not feel bad about missing infection. That's another bad one. Uh he says I decided to move from the fractions I used uh in the beginning to decimal points because math is hard for an old person. <laughs> and this is relevant to us. He says you asked about the episode order you should watch and well there really isn't anything wrong with watching the show in air date order. It certainly works in telling the story, but you mentioned how you prefer air date over, over air date order over fan-made order lists. The thing is Babylon 5 got a lot of interference from the studio. One of the examples is the air order. We've talked about this, the master list that JMS endorses is the way he intended it. And that's how it was planned. The studio said, we don't care and aired it their own way because they could. Now, again, this won't be a problem if you watch the show in air order. But uh, the biggest discrepancies are character motivations like the Garibaldi stuff. And, you know, questions like, why is Talia having doubts about the CyCorp one week and then she's gung-ho the next week? So I think like that's where it'll become a problem. Uh, that stuff is not really a spoiler since you've already seen and questioned some of these mi- this mistakes. Uh, I think another discrepancy is like, why is Delenn returning from in one week and not in the next one? Um, well, we have a big cast, so not everyone is going to be in every episode. So watch whatever way you want and you'll get the whole
1: story. All right.
0: uh, and he goes on to do uh, his sort of segments list, which uh, I would love to read for the audience, but they're like, me- this is like an essay. And I read through all this twice, Dax, because it's good stuff. Basically, what Dax is doing, and I really appreciate this, is he is, like, making categories of things for us to keep an eye out and remember. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, And just, like, cataloging them, like, times that Minbaris tell lies or Narns talking about food, just kind of, like, running gags Mm and segments. Or, again, love in an elevator Mm -hmm. where, like, people are flirting in an elevator, that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, and then, like, talking about prophecies, because I, I knew the show was going to be all about prophecies. Hmm. But, yeah, thank you, Dex. I love it. I love your commitment to community
1: service. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, our second episode this week is from Dan. Our yeah, buddy episode Dan. or email? Sorry. Uh, email. <laughs> email is from Dan. Dan says... One of the difficulties I've had in experiencing this rewatch with you is I find that you guys suck. You're terrible. And you do everything wrong.
0: I know. Tell me more about myself, man. (laughs) Especially Alan. Wow, yeah. Be right. Preach. (laughs) Uh,
1: No, you didn't say that. One of the difficulties I've had in experiencing this rewatch with you is I find that I'm constantly having to fight the urge and yell, take note of this, it's important, or that's just a throwaway thing that happened when applicable. Believe it or not, both Signs and Portents and TKO had some of both. Alan noticed that the CGI in the episode is slowly episodes is slowly improving as things go on, and as an overall trend, they just keep getting better until the middle of Season 3. Then they take a bit of a dip, then continue improving throughout the rest of the series. The reason that the dip occurs is because Babylon 5 changed to digital effects companies. There's a story there, and it's slightly tied up in the story about why the show's quality tends to look worse than it should. The bottom line is that the guy running the first digital effects studio said they could make things better with a monetary investment, while some of the powers that be with Babylon 5 already felt like they uh, were being taken to the cleaners by the effects company. It's hard to say who was right, but it's one of the contributing factors that lead us to to now having a show that doesn't look as visually crisp as it did when it first aired. As you ponder who or what Morden is... Consider this, quote, throwaway line you hear in Signs and Portents that's super easy to miss. Someone offhandedly mentions that Kosh needed some parts to repair his encounter suit because it got damaged during the raider attack. But the implication from the episode is that when he and Morden met in the hallway, they fought and the suit got damaged in the battle. Hmm. Okay.
0: Interesting.
1: This I probably don't need to say, but TKO often contends with infection when battling for... The worst episode of Babylon 5. And TKO often wins that battle. I don't know what this is direct I don't know that this is directly related, but they didn't even air this episode in the UK during the initial run. Whoa. Ooh. Interesting. Well, they didn't need to, as we talked about last week. <laughs> I don't know what this is about me, but I actually agree with Ivanova at the beginning of this episode when she basically is like, uh, these are my feelings, therefore I get to choose how to feel them and how to express those feelings. If anything, it feels like a cop-out that she eventually acquiesces and goes through with sitting Shiva. I think it would have been a stronger character moment had she stuck to her guns. Yeah, there's this thing with Ivanova that keeps happening, and I think we'll see this in the next one too, Mm
0: -hmm. where
1: she like says something with uh, certainty and kind of stands her ground, and then these male father figure characters are like, but you're just you're just like throwing a tantrum or like, but you're just not listening to your emotions. So here's what you really should do.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah. I feel like that's happening a lot. Um, Dan goes on to say, I think the bigger thing to take away from this is that Ivanova is alone now. Maybe she's kind of always been, but her immediate family is all gone. Her mother killed herself. Her brother, Gaina died in the earth Mimbari war and her father just died from whatever he died of. I think we're setting up her character to be a bit lost here but that's just my read. Believe it or not, there's a big clue dropped in TKO about how the season ends. It's weird that such a throwaway episode could actually smuggle in big implications in a way that this one does, but this one managed to do it.
0: Mm, I'm interested. Yeah, thanks, Dan. And thank you, dear listener, uh, for enjoying that first segment. We will be right back after a brief musical break to discuss Eyes.
1: Welcome back to Salon 5. The second episode we watched this week was Season 1, Episode 16, Eyes, written by Lawrence G. Dettilio, directed by Jim Johnston. It aired July 13th, 1994, and it takes place in September of 2258. Alan, what happened in Eyes?
0: Well, I'm glad you asked, sir. In this episode, Sinclair's decisions of the last year catch up with him when an internal affairs investigator arrives to test the crew's loyalty to Earth Force with the help of a telepath. Lanier shows great interest in Gar- <laughs> Garibaldi's attempt at assembling a 1990s motorcycle. Oh, God, I didn't realize that. It's vintage because it's from the 90s. Oh, I didn't even get that. He was like, it's a Kawasaki ninja. And I was like, dog, that's like modern. What do you do? Oh, I get it now. (laughs) That's so funny, actually. Yeah, so one of the best side plots so far. Mm -hmm. I love this motorcycle adventure. Everything about it is great. Uh, And, you know, Breath of Fresh Air from the last episode, I thought that the whole, like, Mr. Gray interrogation stuff was kind of cool.
1: Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I think this is still an episode where both of us kind of left it thinking that didn't have to exist either. Mm-hmm. But I appreciate it for existing.
0: Yeah, well, because then again, from that like AV Club uh, article that I was reading, this is a type of sort of character full serialized storytelling. Yeah, is the person comes on and references and talks about the past. Right. It, it that's basically as much lore and and world building as as is like telling me about the future or the universe around us Mm -hmm. is being like oh this thing happened and we chronicled it and the government took note of it and we really and we're going to say exactly what happened and you're going to recall it and think about it and we're going to confront it
1: at the very Um, least it's nice to know that events matter in the show right even the silliest things came back totally um
0: so you have these very suspicious men, you have a telepath and telepaths are honestly like some of my favorite. It's like some of my favorite stuff on the show is the telepath drama. Mm-hmm. Um, and the sort of like undercurrent that Sinclair and Garibaldi just know and agree and accept that like, yeah, Cycorp probably controls earth force. They probably control the earth government and we just have to kind of deal with that. And that's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. something to consider. Cause again, uh, St. Clair asks somebody from the government for help because he's like, hey, guys, I'm being interrogated and this guy's trying to kick me off my ship. Can you do anything? And they're like, it's an election uh, It's just
1: political, you know.
0: And what he's really saying is like if we went against Cycorp, we would lose our constituents because they are our because cons- they control us <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> with their mind yeah. powers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Sorry. Um I It's agree. There's a lot of there's a lot of cool world building though uh, across the board. We have that telepath. Um, is that Aaron? I can't remember their names. Oh no, the bad one is <laughs> and I re- Ari ben Zane. Yep, that's a bad the guy's name.
1: person's name.
0: It's a that's a villain's name. Ari Ben Zane, Zane yeah. is in general just bad because Arabs are bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Except Zane from what formerly from One Direction because he's gorgeous um I agree. and then the other guy i i really like this sort of like telepath that wants people to like him especially when he is trying to get ivanova to like allow him to yeah it a was bit. a
1: cool it was nice to see a different take on a telepath that there are all sorts of people who enter CyCorp for different reasons
0: Right, and he's like, hey, I know about your past. Oops, sorry, I know about your past, but, like, they give me files about you, and, like, I know about your relationship to these people. Like, oops, I'm sorry, I did read your mind because you thought really – he says, homegirl, you just thought really strongly about Talia. Anything up with that? Anything, like, yeah. like, really emotional between the two of you? And she's like, no, fuck that. I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> what did you – what are you telling me? Yeah. But he's very much like, I want you to consent to it. I never want to do this without you being okay with it. I know why you hate it, mm-hmm. but it would really help if you let me just crack inside that noggin for like five minutes and mm-hmm. just like look a little bit inside there. Um, and that stuff is good because like you said, there's not, it's not like every Psycorp is a fascist garbage evil person. Right. Some like, people uh, think
1: that they're doing it for the right reasons.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Because that's an important part of that sort of evil, that, like, government conspiracy evil, is, like, some people don't know that they're doing a bad thing or don't know why it's bad or are trying to, you know, not be evil. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the guy. Not the guy who's in this episode, but the guy who they reference, who's played by Walter Koenig. From
1: the other episode? Yeah, I don't remember.
0: Uh, I wish I could. Bester. His name is Alfred Bester.
1: That's right. Yeah.
0: Yeah what what better way to hype up a villain than to be like hey you remember that guy he's still like he knows you're here and he's like coming for you and he hired us also
1: yeah Bester, man Bester, i love it that was cool i didn't think he would matter anymore but he does
0: yeah it's sort of a question mark but i think it's really like a you don't get an actor that good and put him in one episode right you know um So, yeah, they they reference, like, they get him in the interrogation. They keep trying to talk to Sinclair, and Garibaldi's like, no, I'll talk to you. Like, no, I want to talk to Sinclair, damn it. They're clearly trying to get at him specifically. They reference uh, how he didn't protest the Vorlons in Deathwalker. They reference the pilot, and they talk about Ragesh 3, which I love. Mm -hmm. Uh, They talk about the Docker strike from By Any Means Necessary, which is, you know, good stuff. Mm -hmm. We already knew from that episode that the government was mad at him about that. Uh, the whole sabotage when the president came to visit in Survivors yep. was another one that they talked about. And then finally, the, the whole Psycop Mind War, Alfred Bester stuff right. is referenced. And even Jason Ironheart from Mind War, gets, in case you hmm. forgot about our boy who became uh, Jason Ironheart. Oh my God, yeah.
1: I have become. See you in a million years, wink.
0: Wink! <laughs> wink! Turns into a Disney Mickey Mouse hand dust or whatever. Mm-hmm. Pixie dust. Uh, I'm trying to get just chomp into all of this a plot stuff, but that's most of it. Um, <laughs> I noted here: uh, Sinclair's superpower is the line. I found a way to avoid the scans within the regulations. <laughs> He's so I, my good. Magic...
1: At just yeah, like well, I read the rules.
0: Yeah, and I found some some nonsense that they didn't come. They did some like weird legalese, and it works in my favor. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, it basically. It's revealed that we're not just these guys who are called the eyes, by the way. I didn't realize this until late in the episode. The interrogators are called the eyes, which is very cool. Mm -hmm. Just a very, like, uh, 1984 kind of thing. Um, The reason Ari Benzane wants to interrogate Sinclair is so that he can take his position because Sinclair was ahead of him for uh, the list of who was going to be on Babylon 5. Well, he was
1: ahead of Sinclair.
0: Or yes, sorry. Because remember Sinclair, Sinclair was, Sinclair was, Sinclair was like
1: way him. down on the list, but then the, the Mimbari vetoed everyone except him.
0: Right. And then they, they gave it to Sinclair. So he's like, that's unfair. I'm going to definitely take your ship and not for bad reasons. And just because you're a bad captain and nope, that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And they have a good little fight scene and they kind of scrap it out. Uh I'm trying to remember other big things here. Uh, lots of good Ivanova moments. Lots and lots. We'll oh yeah. talk about that. Yep.
1: It, this episode uh, digs more deeply into her, you know, fundamental fear of Cycor. I guess you could say, or her mm-hmm, hatred mm-hmm. of them. And uh, there's this scene just right in the middle of the episode. The the, the the whatever the dream. Yeah, where she's having this nightmare about her mom. Getting injected to try to stop the voices, but then it yeah. kills her or makes her want to kill herself or whatever. And mm. then it's like her mom turns into her. And it's just, ah, and there's these creepy dudes with masks. Ah. Yeah. 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 I, I was pa- really. I had to pause the episode and watch a compilation of uh, billiards players talking about the biggest shots from the, their whole career. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? I just couldn't watch. I just couldn't watch it.
0: What a specific thing to. Well, to I just went on this.
1: YouTube, and YouTube was like, "This is what you need."
0: And you were like, "Yes, you're
1: right." Y- yes. <laughs> yes. YouTube. Thank you.
0: Did you want to watch the the umpteenth Vine compilation? And you're like, "Not really." And they're like, "How about another compilation?" <laughs> I, I I got you, bro. I got you, fam. Um, yeah, she hates telepaths. She's dreaming that the psychor, like this is one of those things where I know people are always like, look out for the dreams in the show. So I like took notes on the dreams. Um, there are men in masks who are mm-hmm. supposed to represent psychor. They're like the theater, like smiling and sadness masks. Yeah. Uh, that's her mother who's talking about like, oh, you know, I could have whatever. Like, I'm scared. I'm mm-hmm. they they hurt me. Blah blah blah. And she cries and then uh, sees herself in as her mother. Ugh uh there's a brief shot where she flickers and then it's like her in there and she's like oh god and i mean i don't know maybe one of her fears is that she has part of that in her
1: you know yeah. oh like she has the power secretly
0: like she might yeah maybe she Whoa. she doesn't know or doesn't want to have it but it's gonna like accidentally manifest and Whoa. she's afraid of what that would be you're, that's blown, my, that's you're my blowing my theory. mind dude yeah i'm exploding your brain brother yeah brother. um Sorry I keep calling you brother. I hope that's okay. No, I don't mean I to. like
1: it. I like it. Oh. You're doing it a lot, and I like it.
0: <laughs> okay,
1: good. I know it sounds like I'm being sarcastic, but I, I like it. No, I
0: know. I know when you're being sarcastic. Yeah. I've, I've, I've mastered it from decades of talking to you. Decades. <laughs>
1: just, be, just because we've known each other for like 11 years doesn't mean you can call it decades. It's,
0: <laughs> <laughs> just because you've know, known each other for 10 years and one month doesn't mean yeah. you can call it literal decades. Uh, let's get to some stray notes because I do want to talk about the B plot but I have straight notes from the A plot Great. Garibaldi when he is kind of reeling in uh, he, he lets Ivanova he, she says like oh in that other episode that we were in together you said you owe me a drink the episode where he finds out that her dad died yeah and she says I'll take that drink and he goes alright have fun at the bar some dipshit tries to flirt with her at the bar and like touches her hair and then like we cut away right before the punch yeah. we don't even see like the wind up it's just like oh oh you're talking to me Cut, Other completely other scene, cut back. Oh, everybody in the bar is knocked out. She has fought everyone in one. It's
1: weird because Garibaldi's talking to Sinclair, and then they're like, Captain, something's going on in the bar. And Garibaldi immediately goes, ah, dang, I forgot about Ivanova. I forgot
0: I gave her a free pass to drink on the job. That's probably her (laughs)
1: beating a bunch of people up down there. I uh, I totally forgot. (laughs) competent if you ask me (laughs) and then it's so funny because he
0: gets in there and um he's like all right you gotta chill and she's like yeah that's fair and he's like all right you also have an interrogation coming up so here take this oxy pill and uh you'll be fine (laughs) i guess they have like an anti-drunkenness pill Mm -hmm. which is i i mean can i get that can i get one of those yes please yummy yummy i have work the next day thank you thank you Uh, um I think that's also one of the, the parts where he says, uh, if I knew who God was, I'd thank her. <laughs> it's like, Oh yeah. Right. Sure. <laughs> Somebody wrote this. Sure, sure. 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 Uh, then yeah, the dream stuff. I wrote a lot about the dream. Mr. Gray eventually, uh, is like, I'm going to scan you even though I asked for your permission. Cause you don't want to do it. She instead is like commander Sinclair. I'm, I'm quitting. Yeah. Holger was willing to resign from her position. I feel like instead this is the second scammed.
1: time that she's been like, hey, I'm going to resign. Dude, she filled out the paperwork. She doesn't want to have to do it again. Like she just
0: used the same paperwork. Yeah, right. That was all I could think about when he's like, I decline your resignation. And she's like, which you can't do by the way, in real life, <laughs> you cannot do that. Yeah. But, um, well, in most jobs at least. And then she's <laughs> like, damn, I don't want to make another one of these forms. <laughs> My <laughs> Xerox machine is acting up. Hmm. I don't even um, remember my
1: social security number. Exactly.
0: Uh and then she says, May instead of that, may I borrow your PPG to shoot myself squarely in the head. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's like, Yeah, fair. Like, no, not fair. <laughs> Let's not make jokes about killing <laughs> ourselves. It's very I love their bleak, they're like gallows humor when bad things are happening. Yeah. Uh yeah, so she fights people. We went, we mentioned Bester, and I got excited about that. Uh and then they have the big fight. And, oh, the way that they win is uh, Mr. Gray uh, does a face turn, and he does pain telepathy. Mm. He goes, like, pain. And then Zayn is like, owie! <laughs> in mm. that moment where he goes, owie, uh, Sinclair, like, clocks him in the head. Yeah, That's messed up. I mean, he did it for one second. I think there's, like, JMS notes where he's like, yeah, that's... If you waited, like, one more second, it wouldn't have hurt anymore. Like, he didn't do anything damaging, serious at all. Mm. It was just, like, a like flick you in the brain basically got it which was enough time for them to get away Uh, but that pretty much does it for the a plot we're like okay so babylon 5 people are good we've been interrogated we passed the test the government probably still super duper hates us cycorp hates us who cares let's deal with it i bet you this season's plot is going to end with cycorp coming onto the ship and like fighting people yeah that's that's where we're at because uh, they're no longer like a distant enemy. like they're here. They come on the ship all the time.
1: Right. And there's this puppet master who's sending people after us.
0: Right, we have a person with motivation to come here. Um, let's talk about yeah. gay. Meanwhile... <laughs> on one side, you really tell me about why you chose to free these workers and all this stuff. and then the other one, yo, I got this sick bike.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Check mm, it out. It seems motorcycles are a sign of masculinity in your culture.
0: Sexual know, Yeah, he's watching the documentary. He's watching the documentary and it's like, oh, they're a sign of masculinity and like male power and sexual prowess. And he goes, hmm, sexual prowess. (laughs) Sexual prowess.
1: eh? So
0: I adore Lanier. This completely solidified Lanier is one of my favorites. He's so charming and good.
1: I felt nothing towards Lanier before. And then this episode, he's he's my son.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Number one with my son. Yeah, he's top of the heap. Uh, yeah, the two of them have these charming moments where he's like, "You know what, Lanier? Yeah, come on, get get over here. Fix my bike for me. Yeah, <laughs> I'll let you watch. I'll let you play around with it. Like better that better you do that than like you get in my way when I'm trying to be a cop. Like, sure, why not?" Um, and then uh Lanier like gets obsessed with it, like I would with anything like this, and it's just back and forth of them being like, "So, how's the bike going?" And he's like, "Dude, I learned all this sh- cool shit about bikes, dude," and. Finally, Garibaldi comes back at the end of the episode, ready to just like settle into his midlife crisis. Mm-hmm. And Lanier's like, dude, I fixed the bike and I made it better than it was. And he's like, wait, no, he goes like, at he's first, upset. it seems like there's going to be a, yeah, at first, it seems like he's going to be really unhappy because he's like, I wanted to, fi- I wanted to live out a midlife crisis and fix a bike.
1: Yeah, like this was the only thing I had. <laughs> yeah, my purpose honestly. was to figure this out.
0: And you just did it? And he's like, well, you can't even drive it. It doesn't have, we don't have gas anymore. And he's like, yeah, dude, gas sucks. Gas is useless.
1: That's why I put these fucking crystals in here. I
0: put these like crash bandicoot crystals in your bike to pocket. And now it goes in super, super fast and never gets tired. <laughs> it's so silly. And then they just like, uh, we have like Sinclair and Ivanova being like, man, that interrogation shit was weird. And then Garavaldi and Lanier just go, and they're like, man, an- another day on Babylon 5. <laughs> <laughs> like, what there's a bike hmm. they have room to pilot a bike on a spaceship, yeah, I was charmed it's so cute, it's mm-hmm. so charming I love this this is the kind of shit I want <laughs> yeah um it's perfect, but um pretty much that's what I have thear this episode great um let me just peek. Oh, yeah. Speaking of like hinting at big things, uh, the main plot, while it seems like it's going to hint at big things, mostly just references the past. uh, At the beginning of the episode, Sinclair, Ivanova and Garibaldi uh, are talking about some terrorist attacks, specifically Mm. by a group called Free Mars, who are like a rebel group on Mars. And honestly, dude, it sounded to me like it didn't sound like background, like, oh, this is just some fake names we made up. That sounds like a conflict. That we're going
1: to have to, that they're seeding. There's a lot of, like, Mars talk on the fringes of things.
0: Right. And people working on moons of Mars and and all this stuff. Like, yeah, Mars is going to be an issue at some point in the show. And
1: then this, like, pro-Earth movement. Maybe there's going to be a fracturing there. Yeah, I love it. I'm into it. Keep our eyes on it.
0: Yeah. And... And I think that's pretty much what I have. If I kill him, that would start a war. Oh, yeah, that's where (laughs) Garibaldi's just trying to go to bed. And Lanier's like, can I study your bike at 3 in the morning? And he's like, if I kill him, that would start a war. Mm, I guess I'll (laughs) let you (laughs) stay. This seems fair. Uh, And that is, yes, that's all I got. So, uh, Magellan, do me a favor and tell me and tell the listeners what we're watching next week on Chatsalon 5.
1: Well, fella. Next week, we are watching two more episodes of Babylon 5, Season 1. The first is Season 1, Episode 17, Legacies. A Minbari military leader's dead body disappears on the station. Cool. Oh All right. Intrigue. Then, we're watching Season 1, Episode 18, which is Part 1 of a two-parter called A Voice in the Wilderness, Part 1. Remnants of an ancient civilization found on the dead planet Babylon 5 orbits could lead to the station's destruction. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's and scary. that's
0: part one of a two-parter, so we're going to be ending on a cliffhanger, folks. Great. Just, yeah. I, I, I was like, mm, should we? But I, I'm fine with it. I mean, yeah. I'm, it's not like it's going to be thrilling or anything. I have no idea how good these episodes are but we want to keep our episode length around the same so just keeping it to two episodes will be good and we won't, we won't have to split anything else up for the rest of the season if we yeah. do that cool uh, let's park this car here and then put it in reverse and then we're going to take it to the plug zone
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: it's like an alien dying that was not a car backing back <laughs> <up. laughs> uh, you can as always contact us at the chats studios in sunny Poughkeepsie, New York, um, by going to chatspod at gmail.com or at chatspod on Twitter. Um, Both of those places are where you can get at us and follow us. And, uh, you know, of course, if you like the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, We'll do the same. Uh, If you have a podcast and you want us to review it, we can, you know, kind of share the wealth. And um, if you'd also like to share the wealth with us directly and not back to you, but to us, <laughs> we will uh, gladly accept your patronage over at patreon.com chatspod It's over there where you can get some bonus content uh, at $2 a month. You can get commentary chats where every month we watch a movie and talk over it. And then every two weeks we do for $5 patrons and above uh, chats nights where we just have a good time. Yeah. We just did a would you rather uh, episode of chats nights, which I think. Is going up around the same time as this one, so mm-hmm. good stuff. Uh, Magellan, what is your chatsum for this week?
1: Man, my chatsum for this week is a is a thing that oh. you can go do, and it's Yum. it's going to a sit down eatery mm-hmm. and just eat, eating alone. Yes, dude. I think that people don't like to go to a sit down place and eat alone because it's sad. And because, yeah,
0: in theory, yeah.
1: You know, I walked into this diner today and the the guy kind of lifted one finger and was kind of like, one? Like, two two for one? Like, he didn't want to say it loud. Yeah. Because he didn't want to shame me. I was like, yeah, table for one. Sit me down. Fuck yeah. Give me a fucking menu. I'm going to order a stack of goddamn pancakes. Get some fucking sausages to fucking eggs on my plate oh, oh my god mm. healthy breakfast and just protein. just savor it give myself yeah, a v8 like... juice and just <laughs> savor it
0: yeah it's we i feel like we're kind of running our mouths about the same thing a lot but it's just like be okay being around by yourself enjoy your own company enjoy some good food without the judgment of others uh, go out there, try new things. These are like, the, this is like the core of what a Chatsum is. This is a good ass Chatsum.
1: And you Chatsum. get, thank you. And you, you eat at exactly the pace you want to eat. Yeah. You can tune in and out of conversations around you. You can listen to the sounds of the restaurant because there's so many sounds. Yeah. in places. That's my hot take. Um, and then you just get to go when you feel like it.
0: I know plenty of people who will go to diners just to study or like write Mm -hmm. because most of the time they don't have a problem with you being there for
1: a little bit, a little while as long as you're ordering food. Yeah. Buy a notebook, everybody. (laughs) Buy a notebook (laughs) and go eat alone.
0: Chats are becoming us turning into old people. (laughs) I'm fine. I'm fine with it.
1: Get a crossword puzzle.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Take your prostate pills. (laughs) Yeah. And go watch the Golden Girls. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, seriously, though, I, I, I had a nice time at this diner today eating on my own. And For I sure. do usually yeah. eat on my own, but like, you know, I'll eat at a Panda Express and it's a little different.
0: Yeah, I uh, I respect it. I got to do it more often also. I'm going to try and do it. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Alan, what about you? What's your chat some?
0: Well, Magellan... Um, just a little bit more social on this end. Uh, I'm going to recommend a little game. Just a, just a smidge social. Do you hate your friends? Yeah. <laughs> Do you wish you could fuck over your friends in a way that felt non-permanent but really satisfying? Yes. Okay. You should check out this free phone game uh, called Subterfuge. Hmm. Uh, it's a strategy game where you and up to six of your friends at least um, play a game of tactics espionage and uh just just betrayal really nice um you're controlling ships you're moving them around you're sending them to your friends and foes you're you're starting wars you're building mines and you're trying to win the cool thing though is subterfuge takes place over like real time so you direct a ship and you say oh i want this ship to go to this base," and the game will tell you okay yeah that'll get there in 48 hours that'll take two full real life days um subterfuge ends up being played mostly through text chat Mm -hmm. it's a game that's been written about a lot so if you're ever just curious about like you could read like people's subterfuge diaries on like any game website Mm. um it's really fascinating and gets a lot psychologically out of people that you wouldn't otherwise get like i'm playing a game right now with five of my like internet only friends Mm -hmm. who are all usually like very kind and like placid and agreeable and like it's just knives out we're in day three (laughs) i'm like getting legitimately emotional about like people starting wars with me for no reason and like it's as once it starts to like extend beyond the game it gets kind of scary but it's a really fascinating like bridging of social dynamics with gameplay Mm -hmm. i think that's where i'm like so fascinated by it um so check it out get some friends together and just kind of uh break those friendships (laughs) Right. thank you so very much for listening to this episode of chat salon five peace